All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to part two of the Steelers preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. Dave Schofield, the other co-editor of said website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you check that out early and often every single day. And we're talking about the defensive confidence index. We did this last week with the offense. Now we're going over the defense. The reason we're not spending as much time on defense is that there aren't as many coaches on the defensive side of the football. When I was looking up the coaching staff, I was really shocked at how few defensive coaches there are. And one of the reasons, and it's the first coach we're going to talk about, start at the top, defensive coordinator Keith Butler. Uh, He is not just the defensive coordinator. He's also the outside linebacker coach. So he actually has, he carries two duties for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So on a scale from one to 10, for those that might not have been with us last week, one is, oh my gosh, I have no confidence at all. 10 is I'm extremely confident in this person to do their job. Where do you fall on the confidence ranking with Keith Butler? Brian, go ahead. I'm going to say a soft seven with Keith Butler. And, you know, that's that's probably last week. I, I went a little high with a lot of the coaches. You know, Butler's one of those things, one of those guys that his scheme for so many years was disappointing. It seemed like some of the players came in, like Mika Fitzpatrick was finally on his team. You had, you know, TJ Watt coming alive. I'm sure they get a lot of sacks. Even when they were getting a lot of sacks in 16 and 17, they were, you were scoring a lot of points on this team. The way that sco- the team scored points on them at the end of the season in December made me pause and think that have we anointed him as being okay? And like not a, not a problem anymore, or is it because of some of the other coaches around him and the quality of players that he has? So I'm still a little leery of Keith Butler. I think he is best served as your outside linebackers coach, and I have a lot of confidence if he's just your outside linebackers coach, but he's not. So with that, let's see, let's say a soft seven. Soft seven. Dave might go with a hard seven. I'm not sure. Dave, what do you think? What's your confidence ranking? Right? No, I'm I'm going to do something. I had this in my mind the whole time, even before the live chat was chiming in. Uh, he's got two roles. He gets two grades. He's a five as the defensive coordinator, but he's an eight as the outside linebackers coach, if you know what I mean. Um, so that's why I kind of agree with Brian's soft seven. So that, that I can see that. I don't. It's funny because you're like, oh well, the defense is really turned around. I don't know that it's Butler or just the or just a combination of their great talent that they've compiled along with the other coaches. I don't. I would not give all the credit to Butler. Maybe he deserves it, but from what I see, I don't know that I'm ready to do that. Let's just say this: if he were to suffer a lot of losses in personnel, even more than last year, how would he respond to that? I don't know. We would we would see. So I'm not overly confident with him as a you know to handle other situations in a defensive coordinator. I'm also not still not confident for him to get the right personnel on the field. I'm still mad about John Bosick covering Keenan Allen. That's why I don't have that there. But when it comes to a, a position coach, I think he does a fine job. I, I'm not even, hold on a second. Both of you all said this, and it's okay. So you're talking about the other coaches. Can we rewind the tape back to Todd Haley when the offense was actually legitimately like a, mm-hmm. a, a threat? Okay, mm-hmm. this isn't Randy Land here. 
was anyone saying, well, I don't know how much this is Todd Haley. Maybe it is a uh, Blaine Stewart. Who's an assistant wide receivers coach. Maybe he's just doing a great job out there. Is anyone, did anyone say that? Ever or did when anyone was ever Munch, say was Munchak and Haley there at the same time? They, they were for they overlapped for like a year, I think. Yeah, not long. But was anyone ever saying that. like oh that the reason they're running the ball well is it's it's James Saxon? That's why. That's why. Would anyone ever say like why are we saying this for Butler in the defensive coaching staff? And it's not not that way on the other side of the ball. Did they have that many number one picks on the offensive side of the ball? No, no we're not talking about talent. You all said the other mm-hmm. coaches. I'm not talking about the players. I'm talking about you all are citing that the coaches on the defensive coaching staff are somehow saving his life. And I don't we know that. Do, well, and yet we wouldn't do that, that, that on the offensive. We wouldn't do that on the offense. He needed a quality secondary coach, I think, in order to do a better job because that's not his strength. I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, Dave. I'm saying, mm-hmm. though, did we nitpick offensive coordinators the same way? Did we say, well, if Todd mm-hmm. Haley would have just had a better wide receivers coach, man, we probably would have been, we probably would have had something. Like, I don't think that's the case. Like, I don't understand why we're nitpicking the defense and we didn't do it on the offense. Go ahead, Brian. You want to say something? You know, I think uh, I, we're, we're going to talk about this guy in a little bit. It's Terrell Austin. When he mm-hmm. came in, things got better. Yeah. Things changed. And without, but that year started off really bad the first two weeks of 2019 were horrendous and what happens vince williams gets better you bring in minka fitzpatrick and then but terrell austin has a lot to do by bringing him in as an assistant defensive coordinator as well as a a uh, a secondary coach if i'm not mistaken yeah, he's a defensive. He's an assistant coach, I think. I will get to him in a second. We'll get to him. But in a senior I, I defensive he assistant. <laughs> he go. helps solidify things. Yeah. So that was a huge hire. So that's why we're talking about about this this way. The offensive coordinator. When we're talking about Randy Land last year and all of that, it, it's not because of the running backs coach and the the uh, the other coach. But when you have an assistant defensive coordinator, or like Dave just said, you know you've got you have somebody coming in helping stabilize things. So he got some help. Not saying he's garbage. I'm just saying that I don't know. uh, There's so many different ways you can look at it. When you have a good staff that helps make you look so much better, it, it means something. I'm again, I'm not disagreeing with you all. I'm just trying to make sure it's even here on both sides of the football. And I want to say something else. If there's a coach on this football team that is almost impossible to give a grade to it's him. And you know why he has two hats. You have Terrell Austin. And let's also not forget that the head coach of this football team has his fingerprints all over the defense. And we have no clue what Mike Tomlin is or is not doing in terms of game planning every single week on the defensive side of the ball. He has said openly that he does. He's in the offensive meetings and he might give his input, but you know, he's a defensive guy. That's what he's always coached. He was a defensive coordinator, in Minnesota before he was hired in Pittsburgh. He was coaching the secondary in Tampa Bay before that. And so you you obviously we're at the point now where as we talk this out, who knows what Keith Butler even does? Yeah, <laughs> Let's I mean, be honest. We don't know what he's doing. He has the title, but that's it. That's really it. That's it. I don't know. And let me just say this. Nobody's calling for his head here. Not, not so me. Honest. No, no, I'm well, not. Dave and I aren't either. No. But if, if we just have to look at grades, and I thought Dave's grade was even more fair than mine because of the way he broke it down. All I'm saying is the fact that you know, if you want us to give everybody nines and say everything's perfect, we can. I'm not saying you, Jeff, right. but I'm just saying that this is a this is a whole lot 
different than the offensive coordinator situation. Dave, go ahead. You've been wanting to say something. Yeah, ever since you you brought up the whole notion of not holding out the I honestly, I'm going to say, I think it was the other side of the ball that made us think this way. It, no joke. The Mike Munchak effect. The Mike Munchak effect of Randy <laughs> Feetner. Seriously, that mm-hmm. that effect to where all of a sudden someone who wasn't the offensive coordinator is gone. You didn't realize how much he had his hand in the running game itself that it seemed like Randy Land had no no idea what to do in a running game. And Therefore, because of that, you're like, well, maybe Keith Butler didn't know as much what he needed to do with the secondary. And then you bring in another coach in there to build that. That might be what they were looking for. That's, I think that's where that comes from. I think it's the offense's fault, to tell you the truth. <laughs> All right. I haven't even given him a grade yet. I'm going to give yeah. uh, Butler a grade of uh, outside linebackers coach. I'm going to give him like a nine because I think yeah. he is a really good outside linebackers coach. Uh, as a defensive coordinator, uh, incomplete. Maybe we'll give him a, a six. I don't know. We don't oh, know what he does. Do we don't know what he does. We don't know what he does. So, all right. Oh. That was good. That, that was a good discussion. I'm glad we yeah. had it. All right. Let's move to that senior defensive assistant slash secondary coach. That's none other than Terrell Austin, who some think is, is a, maybe not the Steelers, but a defensive coordinator in waiting. He did interview with the Tennessee Titans this off season. What's your confidence level in Coach Austin, who, by the way, was the defensive coordinator in Cincinnati before coming to Pittsburgh? Brian, go ahead. And it was bad in Cincinnati and and might have not been much better. And I believe he was in Detroit as well. He was in Detroit. Before, yeah. Miles, Miles Killebrew. Yeah. But I, I love Miles. <laughs> but I really like what he's doing here. And I just thought he brought some stability to the whole thing. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give him an eight and a half. All right. Dave, what's your yeah, race I was going to – I was – believe it or not, I'm going to steal Brian's. I was teetering between an eight and a nine. I'm going to – I'll go eight and a half. My thing is, I think – I'm in my honest opinion, between Coach Austin and Coach Butler, them each doing their own thing with their individual group and giving half of the effort towards the defensive coordinator makes one good defensive coordinator, in my opinion. Um, because in essence, that's what he's doing is that secondary coach. I, and I think that's why some of these guys are better built for that. You know, kind of like Coach LeBeau was not a head coach. He was a better defensive coordinator. There are guys that are better position coaches than they would be coordinators. We were worried that was Keith Butler for a while. I think that might be Ter- Terrell Austin, but he might be better than that. And that's why this system works. If they're honestly working together with him being that that defensive assistant coach. If that's the case, I love that. And I love what, I mean, you, you gave him the right tools in the secondary. Maybe this year we'll see more of what we can get from him there based on what are you going to do now that you don't have, you know, now you're missing one of the corners that you had. What are you going to do there? How's that going to work? We'll see. Um, but I, I do have a lot of confidence in him. I'm going to go with eight. I'm going to go with eight because mm-hmm. I it's it's very obvious the impact he's had on the secondary since coming over. And uh, now awesome stuff. Eight, 1983. Great year, by the way, uh, was the year I was born as, as was he, uh, he asked, keeps asking who replaced Bradley, Tom Bradley in the secondary. Mm-hmm. So we'll go to this coach next. The secondary coach is Grady Brown. That's right. Grady Brown. He is a first year coach in the NFL, not a first year coach in general. He coached in a lot of spots in college, relative unknown a relative unknown. He obviously is going to have Austin's help uh, in the secondary. Brian, 
that we don't know much about this young man, but what's your grade on him? I don't want to give the man an incomplete because that's not fair, uh, but I know very little. So when I think about a new guy coming in, you're just asking what my confidence level is. So my confidence level is a six with an arrow pointing up. Okay. That's that's fair. Dave, what about you? Honestly, my confidence level's a three and a half. Um, we're hoping that he can over. I mean, he doesn't have a great resume. I mean, eight days before he was hired by the Steelers, he was hired at the University of Houston. You know, remember that he got hired at Houston and then never did anything. I mean, he was he was at some other he was like at smaller schools like McNeese State um, as a defensive coordinator, and then he was at Old Dominion uh, before that. So it was. I think he was about to stop at Louisville or somewhere along the way. Yeah. It's not like he's coming in with with the with the biggest credentials. That's why, because I haven't seen him as a pro. I don't know that I'd have tons of confidence in him because I hadn't even heard of him. But now I'm going to tell you the truth. You say he's the secondaries coach. He's really the assistant secondaries coach. Yeah. If you really want to, if you really want to break that down, that is really what he is. So. With that, then I would feel much more confident with him, knowing that if it was so, the the ter- the the Terrell Austin factor comes into play there, where because he's basically working with him, then I I'm not worried about it, or I can say, oh, it's only a three and a half, but I don't think it really matters right now because he's first coming in to do it. Yeah, this is when you get into the minutia of a coaching staff that it's tough. It's tough to gauge. I'm going to give him a grade based on what my expectations would be from him, and it's going to be just a solid five and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if if the maybe this is a situation, and I do not want anyone to think that I'm saying this as if I have any insider information, but Tom Bradley, sometimes you got the feeling he's an older guy. Maybe he didn't communicate well with the players. Maybe he didn't. Maybe the players didn't react well to him. He had never been in the NFL either. He had been at UCLA. He had been at Penn State. Um, maybe Mike Tomlin or the scouting department knew this gentleman and said, he's a guy that could come in. He's going to relate well to the players. They'll listen to him. He'll be a good addition. And maybe that's why they bring him in. We'll see. We shall see. All right, let's go to uh, – oh, everyone loves this coach. Inside linebackers, Jerry O. Jerry Olsavsky, that's right, former Steelers player, former Pitt product. Jerry O's been doing this for a while now, I think. I think he's got like six or seven years with the team. But, uh, Brian, confidence in the inside linebacker coach. Ten. And all I have to say to you when I say ten is Robert Spillane. There you go. I'll drop the mic on that one. Because Robert Spillane will tell you everything about what you get when you have Jerry O on that coaching staff manning those manning that team. You had Devin Bush Jr. gone. You had a situation where Vince Williams was off on COVID. You had Spillane gone with that injury as well. And they still, I, I know, things faltered a little bit but they still held down the fort with guys like Avery Williamson in there, uh, Marcus Allen coming up there. He made a lot of those guys better. I really like what they have in the middle. Of course, you needed to you know, spend high on a draft pick on Devin Bush Jr. But when, you, when Devin Bush Jr. goes down and you bring in Robert Spillane, and we love his name, I was calling him the legacy, you guys were calling him Mick, um, Everybody had names for this guy. Spilly. 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 Yeah. But 
that's that's what when I think of how good that they are in the middle and they have been the past couple of years, and I think of another guy like Vince Williams, I think it has a rubber stamp from the former number 55, Jerry O. There you go. Dave, grading out Jerry O. Oh, I'll go with the uh, – I'm torn, but I'll go a 9.25 because I couldn't decide between <laughs> 9 and 9.5. Um, unless he's doing an interview, then it's a 12. Because, oh, uh, man, he's great to interview. listen to. Uh, love, love his stuff with that. I mean, I, I what I really like is that it's just inside linebackers. It's not linebackers. It's inside linebackers. I think that's a very smart move to separate that and have a guy that's right there doing that. You know, it, it'll be sad if he ever gets promoted somewhere else because I, I think he's really the right guy in the right place right now for the Steelers. I'm going to go with a nine, and I feel like he's the anti-Joey Porter. A former yeah. player, beloved by the fan base, comes back, coaches, and is actually good at what he does. Uh, Joey Porter was more known for his antics on the field in Cincinnati or getting arrested off the field. Um, Jerry O is a tremendous coach. And like you said, he's also a tremendous interview. <laughs> so go ahead, Brian or Dave. Sorry. I was going to say, when you want to talk about former players, you want to know what kind of former players make great coaches? Not you're, superstars. You're talking about the guys that work hard and put in the time and they're good at what they are, not because it came to them naturally. It's because they worked hard at it. I would honestly, I'm going to tell you someday, dirty red Tyler Medikavich, even though he's not with the Steelers anymore, he's going to be, he's the kind of guy that would be a good football yeah. coach. You know what I'm saying? Well, perfect, perfect, kind of perfect example. There's a reason why the greatest hockey player to ever put on skates has never been successful as a head coach. Wayne Gretzky. Cause he's probably getting the locker room. Like guys, just, you just got to do it. Like just go. It's easy. Yeah. Like coach, that's not easy. Yeah. Like you were the greatest hockey player ever. That's not easy. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get to, uh, let's continue down this path. We have two more coaches left. The defensive line coach, Carl Dunbar, former from the Alabama Crimson Tide. He came to Pittsburgh. How many years ago is that? Three or four, maybe when coach Mitchell was promoted to the assistant coach role, I believe. Anyways, Carl Dunbar, who did have a large role in keeping Mr. Alulu in Pittsburgh. Brian, what are your confidence in coach Dunbar? If I give Jerry O a 10, I'm giving Carl Dunbar a 10 as well. And it can go to a few things. You mentioned Tyson Alula. Not just, let's forget about what a great move he made. And you just mentioned by making sure, hey, don't sign that in Jacksonville. Think about it. That was awesome. That was mentoring in the offseason. That was great. That was making a phone call. But everybody's freaking out when Javon Hargrave is gone. Bring in Tyson Alulu. I mean, gosh, really, that defensive line is great. You have a, got a, a former number one and a former number two. You know what you have in Hayward, and you know what you have in it. But when you get Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis on the field, and remember, Carlos Davis is simply this guy, in the words of one Jeffrey Benedict, this guy is bad at football. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember when that first happened, he, yes. he, he amended that. So we're not, we're not going to rip on, but you got Carlos Davis to play when everybody thought when he was drafted, everyone was excited when he was drafted because, Hey, this might be the end of Daniel colors. But the thing about this is 
Davis. Now we're excited about this guy because when you bring in a guy in the draft at defensive line in Isaiah Laudermilk, what's the first thing Dave Schofield says? Why are they doing this? And it has nothing to do with Isaiah Laudermilk. It's like they're so crowded there. And the reason they're so crowded is because Carl Dunbar, who coached Isaiah Bugs in college, who coached Frazier before, and Frazier didn't make it, but, but they, Frazier. They, they, he did go down. <laughs> but he went back to his Alabama coaching days and brought in Bugs. And he, sixth round pick, you don't expect anything out of him either. So this guy, he's like MC Hammer. He's magic on the mic. There you go. Dave, what's your confidence ranking for Coach Dunbar? Okay, I have to do this first. Brian, what's the last name of the Steelers nose tackle? It's Tyson Alu Alu. No, say it, Alu, say Alu. what you were saying. Alu Alu. It's Alu Alu. No, and it, 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 it's, it's uh, I have to look up the pronunciation all the time. I, backwards. So I I'm that sorry. Word. That's just, I just had to, I had to bust into that song. I couldn't help it. You know, you got to do the same thing with Palomalu. It's Palomalu. <laughs> yeah. Palomalu. Who, who called him Palomalu? Someone a, really did. Yeah, was it was a, the media. It was someone on the media. Yeah, it was funny. Anyway, back to Carl Dunbar. Yeah, I'm going, <laughs> I'll go 9.75 on this one because I was bouncing between nine and a half and a 10. And it's because of when you see that, first of all, when you've got the guys that you've got, your first job is don't screw it up. You know, you've got Cam Hayward, you got Stefan to it, you've got Alu Alu. Um, don't screw it up. Then he's developing guys like a Carlos Davis that they must have seen something that they could do, you, you know. And and honestly, I'm starting to get a little bit excited about Isaiah Loudermilk. I kind of am. I didn't oh. get why they did what they did, but because they did, I could I could see him, you know, not necessarily this year, but being someone that they feel like he's got the tools and we can get him to do the right thing. Um Love Coach Dunbar, but kind of once again, I think John Mitchell also might have his hand in there a little bit, which really helps, especially with all these guys that they have. But whether he does or he doesn't, I'm so confident with what they do at that position. Uh, I'm going to go with an eight and a half for Coach Dunbar. I think he's a great addition. I, I do think the more we talk about this, comparing it to last week's show, maybe it's because there's a lot of new offensive faces in the coaching staff with Clem in Canada, especially. Uh, Alfredo Roberts is new. You have uh, Morgan as the assistant line coach. I, I really hope that if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm looking like look at the defensive coaching staff. They all help one another. Looks like you know with Butler getting help from Austin and Austin helping out in the defensive backs, and I guarantee you Mitchell is still helping with the defensive line. My gosh, if the offensive staff could get that type of cohesion, you might see a little bit better of a game plan and. Randy Land sucks. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with eight and a half. We're going to skip over the last coach because we struggled to get through uh, Coach Stewart, who's the assistant wide receivers coach last week, and we're running short on time. I want to get through. At least mention his name. His <laughs> assistant outside linebacker coach named Denzel Martin. So, Denzel Martin, congratulations. You're on the team. All right. Um, <laughs> let's. Do you have trivia? I do have trivia. Brian, do you have trivia? I have a quick one, yes. Let's do so, Brian's first, then Dave's. Sure. Go ahead, Brian. Okay, we just talked about old number 55, Jerry Olsavsky. That was not his first number with the Pittsburgh Steelers. What was it?
51. David? At least I, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, I should know this. Just guessing. Oh, I, was, I was thinking it was in the 40s. Um, or was it in the 90s? He was a linebacker. 91. Hey. 90. And Betty Crosby has it. 92 and 19. That magical year of 1989 when he was a rookie wore number 92. All right. I was close. I was close. There you go. Dave, um, trivia time. Jeff, there's a bunch of guys with birthdays in the live chat. I'm surprised you didn't give a shout out today. I'd still have time if we oh, ever okay. get to it. <laughs> okay. All right. My 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 trivia. This one, this one is is nice, is a nice quick one. We're talking. I, I gotta be careful that I don't use too many mathematical terms. We're talking positive integers here. Oh, okay. Gosh. In other words, we're I'm done. No, Dude, I'll it's, just go it's, ahead and leave it's the whole numbers from <laughs> from one to ninety-nine. We are talking jersey numbers as well. It's funny that Brian went jersey numbers. My question is out of the numbers from one to ninety-nine for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What was the last, the last number to ever, and according to Pro Football Reference, I have to say that unless they screwed up somehow, of uh, that the last number to actually be used in a regular season game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the latest one to be used, like, you know what I'm saying? The one that was the first time it was issued and on the field was the most recent. Does that make sense? No. What was the last number to ever? Uh- between between one and ninety nine, like oh wait, someone wore number twenty five in nineteen thirty three. You could take that one off the list. Oh, someone didn't wear the number twenty four until nineteen thirty eight. That one was later. You know that was the last one. You know what I'm saying? Between one to ninety nine, they've used them all. They've used all the numbers. What was the last one to get used? Let's go with ninety. All right, Jefferson, eighty seven. Okay. Um, 87 was way off. 90 Good. was close because all of them were in the 90s. Didn't even not, understand the question anyway. Not not, <laughs> not the 90s, the decade. <laughs> My goodness, Jeff. It's what number did they last? What was the last number to get used up by the Steelers? You know, if you came in and say, I would have numbered no one's ever worn before. What would have been the last option that there was? And that's I'm because actually... <laughs> in 1987, in week, hold on, what was it? In week four was the first time in 1987 that the number 97 was worn by one Joe Williams. That was the last number of the Steelers to be put into circulation in a regular season game. Yeah. I'm sorry. Next time I'll go back and go third grade level questions. For Thank you. Know. That's all I asked. I actually I'm side actually... with Dave on this. Usually what? I would side with Dave because he's right, but it's so much fun to side with Jeff on this one. <laughs> that was not a difficult question. What people was the last always say people used? always say things like I'm good at Jeopardy. I'm really good at like the middle school Jeopardy when they have that on. That's that I'm that's <laughs> right in my wheelhouse, baby. Dick Shiner. <laughs> Dick Shiner, that's right. Yep. Is that an no I'm sorry? Who is Dick Shiner? Who is Dick Shiner? <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. All right. Any other questions, Dave, or is that it? No, that was it. All right. Let's do some final thoughts to finish out the show. Brian, go ahead. All right. So on the 25th of May marked my first year as the podcast producer. And something that we talked about on this show made me think. So my final thought was something else to do with actually the date, May 25th. But it made me think, what does Keith Butler do here? 
And we're talking about maybe his success is because of somebody else. And it made me think of my situation here because things are going well on the podcast side. We have grown. Actually, I would like to tout this. On September 24th of, la- of 2020, we hit 1 million downloads. Today, we hit 1 million downloads four months before. And now, a lot of people are saying, bad, great job, awesome. I can't do this without Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield and a great podcast crew. I can't do it. So when we talk about the defensive coordinators, we can talk about Keith Butler. Yeah, he might be doing better because Terrell Austin is there. That's true. But I know I would not be doing this without Jeff coming back, with without Dave also. So this is definitely a team effort, and that's what the Steelers are going through as well. So I wanted to bring that up as well. I also wanted to bring something up too. We, we do rip on a lot of players. We rip on some guys, and sometimes we forget the fact that they're human beings. And there was one guy that we had a nickname that a lot of people had a nickname for. I never really subscribed to this, but I want to bring up a former Steeler in Ryan Switzer. And the reason I'm bringing up Ryan Switzer is because yesterday, May 25th, was his son's birthday, his first birthday. And everything that Christian Switzer went through in the last year and that family went through was absolutely, it it was so harrowing that it became triumphant at the end. And to see his tweet about his son's first birthday was absolutely amazing. So kudos to Christian Switzer. God bless you, Switzer family. We're pulling for you. Keep it up. Yeah, that's for sure. That was a tough thing to watch, to watch them go through that. But good stuff, good stuff. And congratulations on those one mil, that one million pretty early. That's it's what I all like to of see. Us. Dave, go ahead, final thoughts. Well, I also want to say with that, with the one-year anniversary, that with, with um, Christian Switzer is we also had a story that covered about that. He was a big – he's been messing with that family – for his entire first year because the doctors messed up and they were expecting a girl. Um, and then huh. they were surprised. <laughs> yeah. Michael, uh, Michael Beck ran that article and uh, it did quite well. Um, but uh, if Brian can remember that, but yeah, the, that, that kind of puts in perspective when things like that happen. I know it's been a rough year for a lot of people and everything else. And that's why we're just happy to bring you the content. I do have to say this because Ken brought it up. He says, you guys were struggling because I use the word integer. So I'm sorry. I do hate math. I do hate math. But all I have to say is my goodness. Since Brian brought that up, how I look forward to Thursday nights. I look forward to spending time with you all, seeing the people in the live chat, you know, the people that reach out on Twitter, this community of behind the steel curtain, whether it's through the podcast or the written word is really something special. And we really do feel like it's that we're here. You, you guys are sharing your lives with us. And we have people in here saying that it's their birthdays and happy birthdays to you all and everything. I get to say, I got to wait a week before I can say that. Cause I got to bring this up later then, but it's all about our, combined love for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It doesn't matter where we're coming from. Some of, you know, we've got old guys like Brian. I mean, I'm sorry. We've got <laughs> old guys. We've got young guys. We've got old ladies. We've got young ladies. We've got people from all kinds of different backgrounds all coming together because 
the Pittsburgh Steelers are a fantastic unifier. And I just, I can't get over it. How much, when, when I, when I run into people out there, I was talking to a guy today at my son's end of the end, end of the school, uh, end of school picnic. And someone else said, Hey, to me. And someone who was talking to me said, don't tell me you're a Steeler fan too, because it's like one of the most defining things about us. It's like, you can, I mean, do people really care if you're a Seahawks fan or not? Not, not really. Well, you know, maybe that's just us, but there's something about Steeler fans that just kind of, we instantly have that connection. When I see that car that has that emblem on the back or that license plate cover, you know what? I'm going to let them in in traffic because I just know what it's like. And thank you very much. Steelers family. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I'm always the guy that honks and gives a thumbs up whenever I see a (laughs) Steelers, like a Steelers (laughs) magnet or something on the back. Yeah. All right, I can't. I can't say it any better. Uh, I I do want everyone, if you if you're interested, my thoughts on some of the stuff they talked about. I did mention it in my heart to heart segment on Let's Ride. Um, if if you don't listen to our morning stuff, it's completely different. If you're just a YouTuber, uh, our morning podcasts are totally different than anything else that we do. They're they're studio quality. It's it's more prepared and and tightened up. So make sure you check it out. I do want to wish a happy birthday to my daughter. She is our third child, our second oldest daughter, our only middle child. We have five kids. She's right smack dab in the middle. She turned eight today, and a lot of people in the live chat had birthdays. Um, and so for El- Elizabeth May, or, or as we call her Ellie, happy birthday. She's she's the best. She's the absolute best. She's a great little girl, and she's a heck of a golfer. She's really getting her swing down, by the way. All my kids are golfers. So, all right. With that being said, all those that are in the live chat have a birthday. Happy birthday. Hope you're all I hope you have a great day and hope you have a great weekend coming up. Memorial Day is here in the United States of America this weekend. We hope you have a great Memorial Day. Uh, we will be back as next Thursday for another episode of the Steelers Preview. What will we talk about? I don't know. You'll have to show up to find out. In the meantime, Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. There you go. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you. Go Steelers.